Kripal gave only this message, and even the wind also teaches us this. If you keep walking while doing the Simran, the destination comes to you by itself. This is the Bhajan Kripal Yahi Sandesh Adeta on page 203. The fort of deceit will be destroyed in this world because walls of sand do not last. There are so many sins with you. You are a great sinner. Hail the power of Almighty Kripal who carries all the burden. No one is an enemy. No one belongs to anyone else. Everyone is your very own. For as the Gurbani teaches, all this world was created from one light. O oh, Guru Kapal, the negative power trembles, and death also is nervous in front of whoever has caught hold of your finger. Ajayb says, Apologize to Kripal if your soul wants happiness. Kripal gave only this message, and even the wind also teaches us this. If you keep walking while doing the Simran, the destination comes to you by itself. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 203. Kirpal yahi sandesha deta Hava yahi siklati hai Simran karte chale chalo to Manjila kuda mila jati Kirpal yahi sandesha deta Hava yahi sikalati hai Simran karte chale chalo to Manjila kuda mila jati Chala fareb ke kile ikadina Dunia me de jate Chala fareb ke kile ikadina Dunia me de jate Reto ki divar der taka Kabina hi tik pati Reto ki divar der taka Kabina hi sik pati Simran karte chale chalo to Manjil kud mil jati hai Kirpal yahi sandesha deta Hava yahi siklati hai 
सिमरन खर्चे चले चलो तो मंजिल खुद मिल जाती है इतने सारे पाप साथ में इतने सारे पापी है इतने सारे पाप साथ में इतने सारे पापी है कृपा तक तेरी जय हो सबक बार उठाती है बात कत तेरी जे हो सबक बार उठाती है सिमरन कर चले चलो तो मंजिल खुद मिल जाती है कि पाल यही संदेश देता अब यही सिकलाती है सिमरन खर्चे चले चलो तो मंजिल खुद मिल जाती है कोई वेरी नहीं बेगाना जो भी है सब अपना है ना कोई वेरी नहीं बेगाना जो भी है सब अपना है एक नूर से सब जग उपजो गुरबानी बतलाती है एक नूर से सब जग उपजो गुरबानी बतलाती है सिमरन कर चले चलो तो मंजिल खुद मिल जाती है किरपाल यही संदेश देता अब यही सिकलाती है सिमरन कर चले चलो तो मंजिल खुद मिल जाती है गुरु कृपाल तुम्हारी उंगली ताम्र की है जिसने भी गुरु कृपाल तुम्हारी उंगली ताम्र की है जिसने भी उसके आगे काल कापता और मौत घबराती है अजायब कृपाल तो मंगला माफी अजायब कृपाल तो मंगला 
माफी जे जिंदरी सुख चाहती है सिमरन कर चे चले चलो तो मंजिल कुद मिल जाती है कृपाल यही संदेश देता आवयही सिकलाती है सिमरन कर चे चले चलो तो मंजिल कुद मिल जाती है कृपाल gave only this message and even the wind also teaches us this if you keep walking while doing the simran the destination comes to you by itself our next bhajan is on page 82 is suprema di dunia vichasajana oh friends in this world of love one has to suffer loss the beloved one is obtained later on but first one has to get his head cut he who has earned the love has not hidden himself he who sacrifices his mind gets the manifested lord if the courtyard of the heart is pure the beloved one comes and sits there the path of this love is not smooth it is sharper than the edge of a sword to climb the cross is easier it is very difficult to earn the true love that lord becomes pleased only if one dies while living love cannot be found in the marketplace nor in the mountains and hills not in the waves of the ocean nor in the cities nor in the wilderness The temple of that Lord is within us. He who loves gets him. He who wants to love truly from within should bring his head on the palm of his hand. He who puts his head at the feet of the master is not afraid of death. Oh Kapal Guruji forgive us. Ajab is undergoing suffering. Oh friend in this world of love one has to suffer loss the beloved one is obtained later on but first one has to get his head cut bhajan of sanchi on page 82 isa prema di dunia vicha sajana Nukasana utona penda he Picho pritama piara tamilada Pela sirakatavona penda he Isa prema di dunia Vichu sajana 
Picho Pritam Piara Tamilda Pela Sirikatavona Pinahe Namilda Prema Baharavicha Na Parabatana Paharavicha Na Sagaradialera Daravicha Na Sheratena Ujaravicha Na Milada Prema Baharavicha Na Parabatana Paharavicha Na Sagradialera Daravicha Na Sheratena Ujaravicha Also Prabhuda Mandara Sajana Nukasana Utona Pindahe Picho Pritama Piara Tamilada Pela Sirakatavona Sacha prema jo andaro karana chahe O sisa talite tarakeyae Jo sira charanate daradae Sacha prema jo andaro karana chahe O sisa talite darakeyae Jo sira charanate daradae Shilavo Achai Badukare Sendai Isa Prema Di Dunia Vicha Sajana Nukasana Utona Pendai 
Jo Pritam Piara Tamilada Pela Sirkatavona Pendahe O friend, in this world of love one has to suffer loss. The beloved one is obtained later on, but first one has to get his head cut. One week from now, there will be a week-long meditation retreat celebrating Sanchi's life. The retreat will begin with early morning meditation Monday, July 2nd, and run through Friday evening, July 6th. But the retreat schedule will continue throughout the day on Saturday, so guests staying for the Sunday satsang can spend their time in meditation. Schedules of satsang and meditation times are available in the big house. On Monday morning, July 2nd, at the 9 a.m. satsang, the initiation instructions will be read. This is a review, not an initiation, and is available for those dear ones who have already received the Sant Mat initiation. I was pointed out to me that I didn't make this clear last Sunday when I said that, and no, we're not, nobody is getting initiated on uh, Monday morning. Uh, those with only sound initiation will be able to join the group for the second half of the instructions. We would like to begin promptly at 9, so everyone is asked to please allow enough time to arrive and get settled. The reading will be followed by a meditation period that goes to 11 o'clock. And two announcements for local initiates, those who plan to participate in any portion of the retreat and who will take some meals at the ashram are asked to please use the sign-up sheet at the book table so we can count you in when preparing meals. Also, in driving in from outside, local initiates are asked to please use the school parking lots, leaving the spaces by the big house for those who most need to park near the hall. Well, we were reading last week in Master Kripal's great book, The Crown of Life. And we read the preliminary section as well as the concluding section of the chapter on Advaitism, or non-dualism. And throughout this, um, I mean, Master made many points, many points in connection with all this stuff, but um, 
it really hinges on the fact of perspective. And really, all of those things, including the philosophy of non-dualism, which is, as Master points out, the philosophy of yoga, although not yoga itself, um, and the various methods that are used, and Master went into three of them, he sort of summed up the bhakti yoga, Gnana yoga, karma yoga, uh, and he pointed out the problems that each of them have when practiced by themselves. But the point is again that each of those systems are there to enable us to, to shift perspective. And uh, they work best when uh, done with each other, that is, instead of trying to be only a bhakta or a gnani or a karma yogan, uh, to be all three at once, which Master points out earlier in the book, and also um, to, if we are able to connect with the part of ourselves that is beyond maya, that is to say, with the part of ourselves that chains us to this um, perspective, you know, the trap that you might say, um, that we're all stuck in. If we can recognize that that's part of the delusion, that we think that that particular, you know, the I that is separate from everyone else, the I that is not you, um, the I that is afraid, that suffers loss, that hopes, that worries about whether it's better than other people or worse than other people, or that whether people will like us more than somebody else. All of those things are in the realm of duality, of um, black and white, yes and no, and that's the, the trap, you might say the hinge on which the trap of the three worlds runs. So all of the yoga systems, including uh, the Shabad Yoga, the path, but also including all the others too, are aimed at this particular problem. And the meditation techniques, what is asked of us, the way we are pointed out how we can look at the world, the way we deal with our fellow creatures in the world, our brother and sister humans, as well as all of the other forms of life, all of those things are attempts to lift us out of the trap that we are in of seeing things only from the point of view of what we call our ego. Which is, as Master Kripal used to call it all the time, a fake ego. Ego just means I. It's Greek and then Latin for I. And it's, um, you know, we use it as though it were an entity. But in fact, uh, the Buddha said very clearly that there is no ego. And uh, Master Kripal totally agreed with that, pointing out many times that it's our fake ego because it's what makes us think we are I. But if we can get past that and get into the point where we have some experience of what our I, our true I, really is, 
then um, you know that's the point of the path point of all the paths so this next section I'm going to read the concluding paragraph that we read last Sunday and then continue on in the section called the sound current in which Master places the use of the sound current philosophically I would say um, within the various meditation systems and of course that is the distinguishing feature of the Shabbat yoke the two things that emerge from an examination of the popular forms of yoga that were evolved after Patanjali are first that the soul can rise above physical consciousness given means whereby it can focus its energies without recourse to the arduous control of pranas, and second, that full spiritual realization or true samadhi is not merely a matter of transcending the physical, though that is necessary as a first step, but is the end of a complex inner journey in which there are many intermediate stages, the attainment of which, under certain conditions, may be mistaken for the final goal and may thus debar further progress. The problem that arises before the true seeker in the face of such a situation is to discover a means other than that of pranas, ganana, or bhakti of deva, as not only to enable the spirit currents to be released from their present physical bondage, but also to enable the soul to be drawn upward unhindered from one spiritual plane to another until it transcends completely all the realms of relativity of Nam and Rup, of Kal and Mahakal and reaches its goal at one moment with the nameless and formless one. And in Malana Rumi's great hymn, you know, that even from angel soul, I have to go further than that, all except God doth perish. Um, when he says, let me not exist, for non-existence proclaims in organ tones, to thee I have returned. Uh, Master was always careful to point out the difference between being and existence existence here referring to the sense of us as separate from the rest as uh, part of a dualistic system of us and them of me and you etc whereas being is the state that is real it is uh, that which we all are when everything else is removed and we have gone to the end of the journey that we are on So he says, in this, it is in the context of this problem that Surat Shabad Yoga, or the yoga of the celestial sound current, assumes its unique importance. Those who have mastered this yoga teach that the absolute, though free of attributes in its primal state, projects itself into form and assumes two primary attributes, light and sound. It is no mere accident, they point out, 
that all, that in the revelatory literature of all major religions, there are frequent references to the word which occupies a central position in their pattern. In the Gospels we have, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In ancient Indian scriptures we read repeatedly of Om, the sacred word pervading the three realms, excuse me, the three realms of Bur, Bhava, and Sva, that is the physical, astral, and causal. Again, Nanak says, the earth and sky are of nothing but Shabad, or word. From Shabad alone the light was born. From Shabad alone creation came. Shabad is the essential core in all. Shabad is the directive agent of God, the cause of all creation. The Muslim Sufis declare, creation came into being from Saut, sound or word, and from Saut spread all light, Shamas Tabrez, and the great name is the very essence and life of all names and forms. Its manifest form sustains creation. It is the great ocean of which we are merely the waves. He alone can comprehend this who has mastered our discipline. Abdul Razak Kashi. Moses heard the commandments of God amidst thunder and flame while in Zoroastrian and Taoist thought alike, there are references to the creative verbum, the divine light, and to the wordless word, the silent word. Some learned scholars and theologians in subsequent times, because of their own limited experience, have interpreted these descriptions as metaphoric references to intuitive or intellectual enlightenment. On closer examination, such a position will be found to be untenable. The terms word or logos, as used by the Greeks, Hebrews, and Europeans, may be distorted to mean reason or order and light, may even be made to mean no more than mental illumination, but their equivalence in other religious literature, Nad, Udgit, Akashbani, Shabad, Nam, Saut, Bangi Alahi, Nida Yasmani, Srosha, Dao, and Jyoti, Prakash, Tajali, Nuri Yazdani, etc., refuse to bear such a travesty of their original mystic meaning. What is more, some seers have stated their real connotation in such a way that there can be no scope for equivocation or room for doubt that what is involved is not figurative expression of ordinary mental experience, but transcendent inner perception. Thus, in the revelation of St. John, <coughs> we have, <coughs> this is the vision of Christ at the beginning of the book, his eyes were as a flame of fire, his voice as the sound of many waters, his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength, 
And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. While in the Upanishads we are told, first the murmuring sounds resembling those of the waves of the ocean, the fall of rain, and then running rivulets, after which the Bhairavi will be heard intermingled with the sounds of bell and conch from the Nad Bind Upanishad. The Prophet Muhammad heard celestial music which gradually assumed the shape of Gabriel and formed itself into words, while Baha'u'llah relates, myriads of mystic tongues find utterance in one speech, and myriads of his hidden mysteries are revealed in a single melody. Yet alas, there is no ear to hear, nor heart to understand. Blind thine eyes, that thou mayest behold my beauty, and stop thine ears, that thou mayest hearken unto the sweet melody of my voice. These references to light and sound, say the masters of the Suddhat Shabbat Yoga, are not figurative, but literal referring not to the outer illuminations or sounds of this world, but to inner transcendent ones. They teach that the transcendent sound and light are the primal manifestations of God when he projects himself into creation. In his nameless state, he is neither light nor darkness, neither sound nor silence, but when he assumes shape and form, light and sound emerge as his primary attributes. This spirit force, word, nam, kalma, or God in action, is responsible for all that is, and the physical universes that we know are not the only ones that it has created. It has brought into being myriad regions and myriad creations over and above the physical. Indeed, the whole is a grand, unfathomable, illimitable pattern in which the positive pole, such Khand or Satlok, is a plane of pure, unalloyed spirit, while the negative pole, pinned, is of gross physical matter which, with which we in this world are familiar. In between are countless regions which those who have journeyed from one end to the other often divide into three distinct planes in accordance with the balance of positive spiritual and negative material forces in each plane. The masters teach that the one constant principle that links all these planes from pure spirit to gross matter is the principle of the flaming sound or the sounding flame. The word or Shabbat as it descends downward assumes a varying density of spiritual material forces. Mystics speak of the purple light and the light of the noonday or setting sun and refer to the sounds of flutes, harps, violins, conches, thunder, bells, running water, etc. But though manifesting differently at different levels, the Shabbat yet remains constant in itself. 
As a river springing from the snowy peak of a towering mountain flows toward the sea, it undergoes many changes of setting, shape, motion, and appearance, and yet its waters remain the same. If one could discover this audible life stream within itself, within oneself, if one could discover its lower reaches, one could use it as a pathway leading inevitably to its source. The currents might at certain points enter gorges and rapids, but nonetheless they are the surest way on the upward journey. Be a range however unscalable, the waters will have cut a pass and carved a passage. And he who will avail himself of their guidance would never fail to find a way. And since this nam or word current springs from the anam or the wordless, he who holds firmly to it will inevitably reach the starting point, transcending plane after plane of varying relativity until he arrives at the very source of name and form, thence to merge into that which has no name or form. And there's a couple of points. Some of these Master gets into later in the book. Some of them he may have dealt with already, but the fact is that the sound current too is part of the manifested universe. It is the creator, it doesn't, it isn't created, but um, it is not the original thing. The original thing is indescribable, what the Kabbalists call Ein Sof, um, in the, the Indian mystics call various Radhaswami or um, Anami, all terms roughly relating to the indescribable absoluteness of it. And in that place, it's like the back of the north wind, you know, in that place when you get behind the sound current, as it were, um, there is no sound or light. Master Kripal used to say, there it's all hush up. And uh, people found this difficult to comprehend, but it, I think, again, it's a sense of perspective and of the way we habitually think. We cannot help it. We see things uh, this or that. And there's a very real sense in which everything that is real is both this and that. There is no way around it because it all comes in the same place. Positive pole, negative pole, whatever. But... Um, it's both. And the other thing is the term nam, which Master doesn't get into here, although he does in other books too. Um, Westerners, it seems to me, often don't quite get the point of that, of the, the way nam figures in, uh, in the Indian languages. I once, when I was editing Satsandesh many years ago, I, I used to publish uh, Master Kripal's discourses pretty much as they came uh, straight from India because they were worked on very carefully over there. I 
I had authority to make any corrections that it got through. The master trusted me in that. But it was not something that um, I often did. And uh, there was a thing that came through one time which referred to where it normally would say nam, it said name, the English word name. And I let it go, you know, it's fine. I, I thought it's no problem. And I got a letter from somebody saying, what about the mistranslation in that verse? Shouldn't be name, it should be nam which has this mysterious power, I guess, connected with it or whatever. But the point is, of course, that Nam is name. When the masters say Nam, and we hear it in English as Nam, if we were in India, or people whose, whose native language was Indian, uh, we would hear name. In the same way that when we say in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, we don't say logos or some other term. You know, it's the word word. And the name name gets very complicated, but uh, really isn't. And, you know, the first verse of the Tao Te Ching refers to this also. The, the name that can be named is not the universal name. The Tao that can be Daoed is not the universal Tao, something like that. Translated variously, but the point is that... Uh, that's the same, the Tao is the same concept. And, um, you know, you cannot, it's not something that we can grasp, really. And as Master points out in other places, um, the path is not a question of understanding everything intellectually before we start. It's a question of going within, going someplace, namely further and further into ourselves and seeing what is there. And then we have some chance at possibly understanding it. One other point about uh, perspective. I'm going to read another short section um, on the Satguru, which follows, but um, another short, uh, another short section, Jeez, excuse me. People, I, as, as you may have noticed, those of you who are looking, when I came in, I am not in the most vigorous of uh, physical conditions right now, and um, for various reasons. But I have fallen a couple of times, and um, so forth and so on. So I, I, moving even a little bit tends to uh, tire me, and... I seem to be misreading some things here, which probably has to do with with being tired or misremembering what I just said or something. With not, not that that's unusual, by the way. Um, yeah, perspective. Um, there's a famous story, which I've told this outside a number of times, so you've probably all heard it, but um, about Moses at the time of the giving of the Ten Commandments, there is a statement in the Bible, it's in the book of Exodus, uh, I forget exactly which chapter, but it's in the 20s, early 20s of the book of Exodus, in which uh, Moses requests God to let him see him face to face. And God said, well, I can't do that. No one can see me face to face and live. 
Although in another part of the Bible, uh, it says very plainly, God himself says to somebody that with Moses he relates face to face. So uh, there are obviously different traditions here. But he said, I can't do that. But if you will come up on the mountain and stand in a place where I will show you, uh, I will show you my backside. And, you know, I, I don't know, those of you who read the Bible as a kid, which I did, I always found this very puzzling, you know. God showing Moses his backside? What's going on here? Does God have a backside? What, what is this? Anyway, it says that he did it. Moses went up into the, into the crevice, and uh, God appeared before him, back to him. And uh, Moses was uh, very greatly happy and fulfilled. And this is explained. I, years ago, a, a rabbi from, um, actually at that time he was a chaplain at Dartmouth, um, Michael Paley, he's become pretty well known since, I think. Uh, he's a Hasidic rabbi, um, an outgoing Hasidic branch, a very sweet guy, and he spent the whole day here at the school, and he talked with my religions class, he talked with other classes, um, he talked with me, and I learned a great deal on that day about the esoteric Jewish tradition. Um, he said, in that tradition, the story is explained this way, that Moses could not look into the face of God and live, but what he could do and what God gave him the opportunity to do was to look at the world from God's perspective, which is what looking at his backside means. If somebody stands in front of you and you look at them, you end up looking over their shoulder and you see what they see. Your eyes are aimed in the same direction as their eyes are. And this is really, um, this is the perspective shift that happens. It's what is required. Yeah? To see the world as God sees it is to see God. All right, the master goes into three cornerstones, which are Satguru, Sadachar and sadhana, that is to say the master, the way of life, and the meditation. And uh, he's, he, the first one is Satguru, and he gets into that later uh, in the chapter too. Uh, so he doesn't spend as much time with this as with the other two at this point. He says, the sound current undoubtedly offers the surest way to man for reaching from form to the formless. But the question arises, how can man get access to it and thus accomplish his inner journey? Those proficient in this path always maintain that there are three conditions that must be fulfilled before success in this truest of all yogas can be attained. Satguru. The first condition is that of finding a Satguru or true teacher who is an adept in this mystic science. The subject is one of practical self-realization, 
not of philosophic dissertation or intuitive feeling. If it were one of mere theory, then books and scriptures would be enough for our purpose. And if it were one of mere feeling, then each could trust the promptings of his own mind. But the question before us is that of unlocking a sixth sense, one of direct transcendental perception, of inner hearing and seeing. One born deaf and blind may, with the help of Braille, learn the most detailed expositions of man's rich and varied audio-visual experiences, but his study can never give him direct experience. The most that he can get from books is the realization of an extensive plane of experience wholly beyond him, and this can generate in him the urge to discover means whereby he can overcome his physical limitations. It is the expert surgeon or doctor who alone can effect a cure, provided his ailment is curable. And should he fall into the hands of a charlatan, his condition will only become worse and more complicated. In like manner, the aspirant who seeks inner spiritual mastery must seek the aid of one who has already mastered the way. All his readings of scriptures, all his thinking, can at best lead to a single conclusion, provided he is sensitive to the point involved, the need for a living master. Without such a master, he cannot even understand the true import of the revelatory scriptures. They speak of experiences beyond his level of experience, and even in his own language, they can only speak in metaphors and parables, for how can the discourses of the blind be made to express directly that of the seeing? To attempt to interpret the rich spiritual heritage in our religious literature wholly in terms of our own limited experience might lead to a distortion of the true meaning. We might gather a great deal of psychological wisdom, but the inner significance would be lost on us, and all our intellectual theorizing would only land us in unending theological contradictions with which the various institutionalized religions are encumbered today. And of course, that point the attempt to interpret the rich spiritual heritage in our religious literature wholly in terms of our own limited experience might lead to a distortion of the true meaning. Uh, very diplomatically and, and um, you know, speaking um, understatement, because uh, of course that's exactly what it leads to every time. Um, and that's the problem, you know. We have this rich spiritual heritage, but people over and over again read it in terms of their own. And uh, this is okay if you've got enough, you know, but it doesn't work if you don't have any idea what they're really talking about. Only one who has himself experienced what the great scriptures describe can guide us to their real significance. But the task of a truth of a spiritual teacher does not end there. The elucidation of the true meaning of religion is no more than a first step. 
After the aspirant has understood the nature of his goal, he must pursue it practically and rationally. To know is one thing and to do is quite another. It is only after he has explained to the aspirant the end to be attained that the master's real task begins. It is not enough that the doctor diagnoses the cause of the blind man's ailment. He must perform the operation as well. So too the spiritual guide at the time of initiation gives the disciple a first-hand experience of the inner light and sound. He puts him into touch with the divine stream, be it at its lowest level, and instructs him in the sadhanas to be followed for consolidating and developing this inner experience to its full extent. He who can find such a teacher is blessed indeed. But to discover such a one and be initiated by him is not enough. The germinal spiritual experience <coughs> that he gives must be nurtured and developed to the point of full spiritual efflorescence. To be able to do this, one must accept whatever one learns and attempt to put it into practice. To know such a man is to love him and to love him is to follow his commandments. Until one can thus love and obey, and so transform one's life, the gift of the guru remains as a seed locked away in a steel vault, where it cannot sprout and grow to fruition. And of course, as Sawan Singh also pointed out uh, many times, Uh, love is the key to everything. He would say that the master must be love personified because if the disciple doesn't love the master, he can't do anything. It's only possible if we can love. The psych psychological reasons for that are elaborated on more uh, in greater detail later in the chapter, which God willing, we will read um, before we're through. Okay, we are listening to a tape. This should be concluded from the Delhi March 1995 program. <laughs> Guru Nanak Sahib says that he knows everything without your saying. El, and why do you pray? El Guru Nanak Sahib dice, él lo conoce todo, eh, él lo conoce todo antes de que tú se lo digas. Entonces, ¿por qué tienes que orar? Doesn't he know that someone has given the help, or he has helped the poor or the needy one in the name of God Almighty? No sabe él acaso que alguien le ha ayudado a alguna persona necesitada o alguna persona pobre y que lo ha hecho en nombre de Dios Todopoderoso. He knows everything. Él lo conoce todo. Chee 
we can understand the rewards of the good karmas very easily if we look at the great officials like the judges or the presidents or the people who are holding very high post that how there are so many other people who are waiting at them and are serving them podemos eh, comprender esto de recibir la recompensa por las buenas acciones cuando vemos a magistrados eh, muy altos cuando vemos a presidentes cuando vemos a personas en posiciones muy altas podemos darnos cuenta cuántas otras personas están allí para servirles those people are only enjoying the fruit of their good karmas which they have done in the past esas personas están simplemente disfrutando de los buenos karmas que hayan hecho en el pasado मैं आमतौर पे आखिर में जो सोलह पेस जो बाहर कदे कितने नहीं गया मैंने जिस दिन सफर करना पैंदा है वो दे पंच किलोमीटर दा या कलक्ष करना पैंदा है तो थोड़ा पता है कि बाहर लिंग मलकानी बिनस्मत इतने शड़काचियां नहीं इतने खड़े है शड़कां तंग है ट्रैफिक ज़्यादे है तो सफर इतना दा काफी आरामदायक नहीं गा, बल्कि मैं ही कहूँगा कि ये देवेच कोई शुभदा नहीं बड़ी जल्दी आदमी नुथ के वहाँ हो जाना है, तो पिछली दफा जादा ही दिल्ली आए, तो रस्ते देवेच अजीत सिंह और गुरमेल सिंह दोने ने मेनू दबाना चाहिए, तो मैं हंस गया। मैं नानू एक कहानी दसी अकबर बादशाह दी जो गुरु नानक दी जवानी अंकत है लेखनी चाहुंदी है के अजकल ता कारां दे विच कारां दा हेलिकाप्टरां दा जहाजां दा वकास होया है लेकिन जद महान अकबर हिंदोस्तान दे विच अज तो चार पंसो साल पहला इना चीजां दा वकास नहीं सीगा तो उदो जद बादशाहन तकड़े आदमियों ने शव करानु को एक दूसरे जगह ते पचाना होंडा तो चार आदमी उसनु एक डोली बनाई हिंदी सी उधे विच चौके ले जान्दे हिंदे सी के वो जिधे आदमी चौके ले जा रहे सी के तो अकबर नो रस्ते दे विच दबावन लग पे बिथवानु तकेमा हो गया होएगा तो गुरु नानक देव जी महाराज किते नंग रहे सिगे उना दा सेव को मर्दाना उना दे नार सी वो देख के हँस गया कहल गया जी थोड़े चोज प्रभु कौन बयान कर सकता है वो तो तुर्के आए हैं नाले चुक के ले आए हैं और वो तो थके नहीं पेनु डोली देवे च बैठे हुए थके वहाँ चल गया है वो कहने मर्दाने आ तू इस राजनू जान दानी गुरु नाने कहने लगे पूर्वले जन्म में किए तप अड़ंग तब के थके नान का अभी मंडा में अंग कोई आजदा थके माने ना पिछले जन्म दा चले आया है बड़े ने तप कितने हैं बड़े ने उठा लड़के हैं बहुत कुछ ने कुर्बानी की थी या ताए ना बात चाहिए मिली है Usually I don't go out of 16 PS ashram and whenever I travel it is all at once 500 kilometers because I come to Delhi and it is 500 kilometers from the ashram here. So when you do such a travel all at once, and if you are not used to be traveling, you know that how one would feel. And also the roads over here are not so good like the foreign countries. The roads are not very smooth. 
the roads are narrow and there's a lot of traffic so one easily gets tired while driving on this kind of roads generalmente yo no salgo del ashram del 16 ps pero cuando sí salgo es para hacer un viaje muy largo hasta delhi que son unos 500 kilómetros de manera que ustedes se pueden imaginar una persona que no está acostumbrada a viajar tanto pues uno se cansa en haciendo este viaje las las carreteras aquí son más angostas no son tan buenas como en otros países y ustedes se pueden imaginar eh, haciendo un viaje tan largo uno se cansa so last time when we were coming to Delhi on the way when we stopped Ajit Singh and Gurmail <coughs> they both offered to give me a massage because I was feeling tired and I was yeah I was feeling kind of tired so at that time I did not accept their offer and I told them one story which is written in the writing of Guru Nanak Sahib about uh, Emperor Akbar the Great. En, en esta ocasión cuando viajábamos a Delhi paramos en algún sitio y Gurmel um, y Ajit ofrecieron eh, darme un masaje porque yo expresé que estaba cansado yo les dije que no, que muchas gracias y les conté una historia que aparece en algún escrito eh, del Guru Nanak es acerca del de gran rey Akbar Nowadays there are many means of transportation people very easily travel from one place to another but in those days when Emperor Akbar was about 400 or 500 years ago at that time they used to carry the great people the kings emperors or the rich people in a wooden sedan chair like thing in which four people would carry them from one place to another en el tiempo cuando vivió el emperador Akbar no había eh, carros como ahora ni medios de transporte como lo existen ahora en ese tiempo que hace, eh, fue hace como unos 500 años eh, la forma en que viajaban las personas eh, ricas o los emperadores o personas eh, de gran prestigio eh, era hacían una especie, tenían una especie de silla y la la llevaban sobre los hombros eh, las personas y de esta forma llevaban al emperador de un sitio a otro. So once when Emperor Akbar was being carried from one place to another by four people, <coughs> on the way they brought him down and they started giving massage to his legs. En una ocasión cuando llevaban al emperador Akbar de un sitio a otro, cuatro personas iban llevando su silla y eh, pararon en algún sitio él eh, se bajó y estas personas empezaron a darle masaje. It so happened that Guru Nanak Sahib along with his disciple Mardana were passing by that place and when Mardana saw that those four poor people, those who had been carrying Emperor Akbar, they must be tired but instead of anyone giving any massage to them, they themselves were giving massage to the emperor who was sitting there in the wooden chair easily. En este momento, eh, pasó o pasaba por allí el Guru Nanak con su discípulo Mardana y ellos eh, vieron todo esto vieron cómo esta, estas cuatro personas eh, colocaron eh, esta digamos esta silla en el suelo y empezaron a darle masaje al emperador y ellos pensaron <coughs> perdón ellos pensaron estas cuatro personas pobres eh, ellos son los que están llevando la silla y nadie les ofrece un masaje mientras que ellos sí le dan masaje al que está sentado en la silla de seda so he laughed and he said to Guru Nanak that oh Lord your plays are unique entonces Mardana se rió y le dijo oh, eh, oh Nanak tus juegos son únicos the person sitting in the chair did not move and still he is getting the massage and those who carried him 
they are giving him the massage. Él dice, la persona que estaba sentada en la silla es la que recibe el masaje, mientras que los que llevaban la silla le prestan este servicio. So Guru Nanak Sahib told him, he said, Mardana, you do not know the secret behind it. El Guru Nanak le dijo, Mardana, tú no conoces el secreto detrás de esto. He has done a lot of austerities, a lot of practices in his past lifetime that he got so tired by doing all those practices that he has got the reward for his austerities and the good deeds and now he has come back in this world to get the massage so still his body is <coughs> in pain from all those practices and all those austerities that in this lifetime also he has to get the massage él le dijo tú no comprendes el secreto detrás de esto él, o sea el emperador ha hecho muchísimas austeridades y quedó tan cansado de hacer las austeridades que regresó a este mundo en esta forma y su recompensa ahora es eh, que le hagan este masaje él inclusive por, debido a todas las austeridades que había hecho en el pasado aún ahora se siente cansado ਪਿਛਲੇ ਜਨਮ ਦੇ ਤਪ ਦਾ ਧੂਆ ਕੱਢ ਕੇ ਦਿਖਾਤਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਕਿ ਇੱਥੇ ਤੂੰ ਤਪ ਕਰਦਾ ਰਿਹਾ ਹੈ ਤੂੰ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤਾਂ ਥਕੇਵਾ ਉਦੋਂ ਦਾ ਚੜਿਆ ਹੋਇਆ ਹੈ ਜਵਾਨੀ ਵੇਲੇ ਤਾਂ ਮੈਂ ਥਕੇਵਾ ਮਹਿਸੂਸ ਨਹੀਂ ਕੀਤਾ ਹੁਣ ਬੁਢਾਪੇ ਵੇਲੇ ਥਕੇਵਾ ਆ ਗਿਆ ਹੈ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਮੇਰੇ ਉੱਚੇ ਭਾਗ ਸਨ ਮੈਂ ਤੈ ਦਿਲੋਂ ਇਹ ਬਾਤ ਕਹਿਣਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਮੇਰੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਪਲੇ ਪਲੇ ਸਾਹ ਸਾਹ ਨਾ ਆਪਦੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੇਵ ਦਾ ਧੰਨਵਾਦ ਕਰਦੀ ਫਿਰ ਵੀ ਆਪਦੀ ਕਮੀ ਮਹਿਸੂਸ ਕਰਦੀ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰਦਾਗਾ ਜਿੰਨਾ ਕਰਨਾ ਚਾਹੀਦਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਫਿਰ ਮੈਂ ਇਹ ਕਹਿਣਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਜਦੋਂ ਅਸੀਂ ਉਹਦੇ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਦੇ ਨਾਲ ਜੁੜ ਜਾਈਏ ਤੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਆਪ ਹੀ ਧੰਨਵਾਦ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਰਹਿੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਉਹਦੀ ਸਿੱਖਿਆ ਤੇ ਅਮਲ ਕਰ ਲਿਆ ਹੈ ਸੋ ਪਿਆਰਿਓ ਉਸ ਤਪ ਦਾ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਦੁਨਿਆਵੀ ਵੀ ਬੜਾ ਫਲ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਰੋਹਾਨੀਅਤ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮੈਂ ਉਹ ਬਿਆਨ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰ ਸਕਦਾ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਮੈਂ ਆਪਣੀ ਜ਼ਿੰਦਗੀ ਦੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਬਚਪਨੇ ਤੋਂ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਅੱਛੇ ਮਾਤਾ ਪਿਤਾ ਮਿਲੇ ਉਹ ਤਨੀ ਸਨ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਬੜਾ ਮਾਪ ਦੀ ਜ਼ਿੰਦਗੀ 'ਚ ਕੋਈ ਪੈਸੇ ਦੀ ਕਮੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਦੇਖੀ ਬਲਕਿ ਬਹੁਤ ਲੋਕਾਂ ਦੀ ਮਦਦ ਕਰਨ ਦਾ ਵੀ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਮੌਕਾ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਹੈ ਇਹ ਉਸ ਤਪ ਦਾ ਇਨਾਮ ਦੁਨਿਆਵੀ ਵੀ ਸੀਗਾ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਰੋਹਾਨੀਅਤ ਦਾ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਫਲ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਉਹ ਮੈਂ ਬਿਆਨ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰ ਸਕਦਾਗਾ ਤਨ ਗੁਰਪਾਲ ਹੈ ਜਿਹਨੇ ਸੁੱਤੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਆ ਕੇ ਜਗਾਇਆ ਜਿਸ ਨੇ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਬੈਠੇ ਨੂੰ ਖੁਦ ਹੀ ਆ ਕੇ ਪਾਲਿਆ ਮੈਂ ਇਸੇ ਕਰਕੇ ਕਹਿਣਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਪਿਆਰਿਓ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਆਪਦਾ ਦਿਲ ਬਣਾਓ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਤੜਫ ਬਣਾਓ ਅਗਰ ਤੁਹਾਡੇ ਕੋਲੇ ਤੜਫ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਤੁਹਾਨੂੰ ਖੁਦ ਹੀ ਆ ਕੇ ਪਾਲ ਲੇਗਾ ਜੋ ਮਹਾਰਾਜ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਇਨਸਾਨ ਦੀ ਭਾਲ ਵਿੱਚ ਹੈ ਸੱਚ ਹੈ ਉਹਨੇ ਖੁਦ ਹੀ ਆ ਕੇ ਪਾਲਿਆ ਮੈਂ ਅੰਨਾ ਸੀ ਉਹ ਸੁਜਾਖਾ ਸੀ ਮੇਰੀ ਤਾਕਤ ਨਹੀਂ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਮੈਂ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਪਕੜ ਲੈਂਦਾ ਜਾਂ ਮੈਂ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਸਮਝ ਲੈਂਦਾ ਇਹ ਖੁਦ ਹੀ ਉਹਨੇ ਆਪਦੀ ਉਂਗਲੀ ਫੜਾਈ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਇਸ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਸਾਸਾਨ ਉਹਦਾ ਧੰਨਵਾਦ ਕਰਦੇ ਹਾਂ ਤੁਹਾਨੂੰ ਵੀ ਰਲ ਕੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਧੰਨਵਾਦ ਕਰਨਾ ਚਾਹੀਦਾ ਹੈ ਸੱਚੇ ਦਿਲੋਂ ਅੰਦਰ ਜਾਈਏ ਤਾਂ ਫਿਰ ਹੀ ਸੱਚਾ ਧੰਨਵਾਦ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਆਈ ਓਨਲੀ ਮੈਂਟ ਟੂ ਟੈਲ देम दैट व्हाट ਦੀਸ ਆਸਟਰੀਟੀਜ਼ ਆਰ ਐਂਡ व्हाट ਵਨ ਗੈਟਸ by performing the austerities yo solo eh, quise decirles que son las austeridades y que obtiene uno a través de las austeridades because baba bishandas had graciously 
told me about all what I used to do in my past life. Porque Baba Bishandas eh, muy benevolamente me contó acerca de lo que yo mismo había hecho en mis vidas pasadas. He even showed me the place, and still from that place the fire was coming, the smoke was coming out the place, the very place where I was doing the austerities. Él me mostró inclusive aquel sitio donde yo había hecho austeridades. Inclusive cuando fuimos se veía cómo salía el humo de ese sitio donde yo mismo había hecho austeridades. So I told them that dear ones, the tiredness which I am feeling now is not only from this lifetime. I am tired doing all those austerities from my last lifetime also. De manera que yo les les dije, eh, mis amados, el cansancio que yo siento en este momento no es solo eh, por lo que ha transcurrido ahora, sino que siento el cansancio de todas las austeridades que hice en el pasado. I did not felt this tiredness when I was young, but no. as I am getting older, I am feeling it more and more. No sentía este cansancio cuando era joven, pero ahora eh, que estoy envejeciendo lo siento un poco más, más y más. Thanks to my beloved Master Kripal who showered so much grace upon me and as the reward of all those austerities which I did in, in my past lifetime, he gave me so much of spirituality. Gracias al Maestro Kirpal, quien como recompensa de todas mis austeridades, eh, llegó donde, donde mí y me dio toda la riqueza de la espiritualidad. This is why again and again I bow down at his feet and I thank him for all what he has done for me. Por eso es que una y otra vez me inclino ante sus pies, me inclino ante él para darle las gracias por todo lo que hizo por mí. Dear ones, I always say that we can express our true thanks to the master only when we connect ourselves with the Shabbat. Mis amados, eh, siempre he dicho que podemos, la verdadera forma de agradecerle al maestro es unirnos con el Shabbat. Many times when I sit alone, I think about all what he has done for me. A veces, o muchas veces, cuando me siento solo, pienso en todas las cosas que él hizo por mí. I'm not able to do as much as I would like to do for him because he has done so much for me. No soy capaz de hacer tantas cosas por él como las que él hizo por mí. He gave me the rewards for all the austerities which I did in my past lifetime, even on the worldly level. Él me dio la recompensa de todas las austeridades que había hecho yo en vidas pasadas, inclusive a nivel mundano. I was born in a very rich family, I, and I never had any dearth of the money. Nací en una eh, familia adinerada, nunca me faltó el dinero. I was raised in a very good way, and I also even got the opportunities to help other people with the money. Fui criado de una forma muy buena e incluso incluso tuve la oportunidad de ayudarles a los demás uh, con el dinero. And the most beneficial thing or the the most reward which my beloved Lord Kirpal gave me was that he gave me the wealth of the spirituality. Y la riqueza más grande que me dio el maestro Kirpal fue la de la riqueza del Nam. So that is why I always go on thanking him. So you should also thank your master for doing all what he has done for you. Por eso es que yo siempre le doy gracias a mi maestro. Ustedes también deben darle gracias a su maestro por todas las cosas que hace por ustedes. We can truly thank the master only after going in the within and becoming one with the Shabbat. Podemos realmente darle las gracias al maestro des, eh, solo después de ir internamente y después de unirnos con el Shabbat. I was the blind one and he gave me the eyes. Yo era ciego y él me dio los ojos. So I am always grateful to him. So like me, you should also be grateful to him and you should be also doing his devotion. De manera que yo siempre estoy agradecido con él. Ustedes también deben estar agradecidos con él y deben hacer su devoción.
closing bhajan is on page 176. Guru Bina Sahai. Without the Guru, who will save you from hell? Mother, father, son, friend, wife, oh brother, all have self-interests. In this world, the friend of spirituality is the Satguru, who frees you from attachments. The ocean of the world is very deep, full of suffering, more than the mother's womb. Sitting in the boat of knowledge, you are taken across by the ferryman, the guru. Erasing birth after birth, the guru chases away all doubts, and the perfect Parbrahm Parmeshvar is revealed within. Accept the Guru's word in your heart and keep devotion and love in your mind. O Brahmanan, do constant seva and you will get the boon of liberation. Without the Guru, who will save you from hell? Bhajan of Brahmanand on page 176. Guru bina kona sahai narakame, Guru bina kona sahai re, Mata pita suta pandava nari svarata ke sabapaire. Mata pita suta pandava nari svarata ke sabapaire. Paramarataka bandu jagatame satguru banda chudaire Guru bina kona sahai narakame Guru bina kona sahaire Guru bina kona sahai narakame Guru bina kona sahai re Pavsagara jala dustara bari Karabase dukadaire Pavsagara jala dustara bari Karabase dukadaire Guru ke vatiya paralanka ke kyana jahaja bhaitaire Guru bina kona sahai narakame Guru bina kona sahai re Guru bina kona sahai narakame Guru bina kona sahai re Janama janama kametandera Sanasa sakala nasaire Janama janama kametandera Sanasa sakala nasaire 
Parabrahma Parameshara Purana Katamete Etikaire Guru Binakona Sahai Narakame Guru Binakona Sahai Re Guru Binakona Sahai Narakame Guru Binakona Sahai Re Guru Ke Bachanadara Hirade Me Pavpagati Manalai Re Guru Ke Bachanadara Hirade Me Pavpagati Manalai Re Brahmananda Karonita Seva Moksha Padarata Paire Guru Binakona Sahai Narakame Guru Binakona Sahai Re Guru Binakona Sahai Narakame Guru Binakona Sahai Re Without the Guru, who will save you from hell? May God bless us all.